On December 26, 1980, Sergeant Jim Penniston couldn't get to sleep in his flat in Ipswich, England. He was too troubled by what had happened to him earlier that morning in Rendlesham Forest. He'd touched what he believed to be a three-legged extraterrestrial spaceship. And when his skin had made contact, the glowing symbols on the surface of the device blasted him backward. Ever since, anytime he closed his eyes, he saw a series of numbers. To get them out of his head, Penniston sat up in bed and pulled out his notebook. He began writing the numerals down. When finished, he stared at the endless lines of ones and zeros. They meant nothing to him. Once finished, the sergeant put his head on a pillow. For the first time in a while, his eyelids felt heavy. When they finally shut, the mysterious numbers were gone. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our final episode on the UFO sightings in Rendlesham Forest, which many call the most well-documented extraterrestrial encounter of all time. Last time, we discussed the inexplicable flying lights that U.S. airmen witnessed in 1980, just outside the Woodbridge and Bentwaters Air Force bases. Some claimed to see an extraterrestrial craft, but others reported witnessing the actual aliens themselves. This time, we'll try to uncover the truth behind what happened in Rendlesham Forest. Was it alien visitors, as witnesses claimed, or just an ordinary man-made light source? Some believe neither. They suggest that the lights were man-made, but by humans visiting from a distant future. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. 
On December 26, 1980, outside the twin Royal Air Force bases in Suffolk, England, U.S. airmen saw blinking lights shining from within the nearby Rendlesham Forest. Airman First Class John Burroughs, Airman Edward Cobbinsog, and Sergeant Jim Penniston traveled into the woods to investigate. Penniston later claimed he saw an alien spacecraft take off from a clearing. Two days later, as rumors of an extraterrestrial visitation spread, another military professional, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt, led a team of four men into the woods. In the early morning hours, the previously skeptical colonel saw bright objects flying over the base. He claimed that they shot occasional rays of light towards the ground. That same morning, another pair of patrolmen, Larry Warren and Adrian Bustinza, independently said they witnessed a UFO land in the forest. They even claimed to see strange translucent beings talk to a man, whom they presumed to be either Lieutenant Colonel Halt or Colonel Gordon Williams. Both Williams and Halt denied such an occurrence. Despite these numerous eyewitness accounts, the U.S. and U.K. militaries dismissed the Rendlesham incident as a rumor. And for three years, news of the UFO sightings never left the base. Then, in 1983, the U.S. government released Lieutenant Colonel Holt's memo describing the sighting. Words spread like wildfire, and the notoriety of Rendlesham began. Ufologists and conspiracy theorists claimed the report proved that extraterrestrial life forms had arrived on Earth. But skeptics searched for alternative explanations, and they found many. In February 1981, the British Astronomical Association released a newsletter about celestial phenomena. It included a statement about a large meteor shower spotted above Suffolk, England, around Christmas 1980, at the time of the alleged UFO sighting. On the night of December 25th and the early morning hours of the 26th, multiple witnesses saw fireballs flying through the sky above Rendlesham Forest, and they stated that each one was as bright as a full moon. Given the timeline of events and the brilliance of the meteors, they could explain the lights witnessed by the airmen. However, there's one significant discrepancy. Each shooting star was reported to last only a few seconds or less. The meteors might explain the first lights reported on the 26th. But by the time Burroughs, Penniston, and Cobbinsog entered into the woods, the fireballs would have long since burned out. Therefore, they couldn't possibly explain the glowing lights that the men later witnessed in the forest. However, there might be a rather simple explanation for those lights as well. About seven miles east of Rendlesham Forest stood Orford Ness Lighthouse. On Holt's tape, he described the lights in the forest as almost winking. Some have suggested that this winking effect may have been the rhythmic orbit of the lighthouse's bright beacon passing across the forest. But Halt also described multiple lights flying in the sky, not one blinking beam close to the ground. There are enough discrepancies to cast major doubt on this explanation, at least that the lighthouse could be the sole source of light. 
Award-winning author Ian Ridpath claimed that the flying lights observed by the military men could have been from another planet, but not from an alien species. He believed they might have mistaken Sirius, the brightest star in the night sky, for a UFO. According to Ridpath, staring at Sirius can cause a burning effect on the eyes, which creates the illusion that it is shooting luminous rays. He also claimed that when small clouds pass over the face of a star, it can give the illusion that it's moving. And clouds might not have been the only factor to affect Halt's vision. Some skeptics have cast serious doubt over the state of Halt's sobriety at the time he witnessed the alleged extraterrestrial encounter. Prior to investigating the lights on the 28th, he was at a holiday celebration. If he happened to have some drinks, he could have been in an altered state that affected both his perceptions and his judgment. But we don't know if Halt had one, two, or ten drinks. For all we know, he had none. And he was far from the only military professional to see the lights. And every witness also claimed the lights were multicolored, a detail inconsistent with every proposed explanation so far. This means that it likely wasn't just a comet or just a lighthouse. But it could have been a car, specifically a 1979 Plymouth Volari. In 2003, a former U.S. Air Force security policeman claimed responsibility for the UFO sightings at Rendlesham. Kevin Conde was stationed at Bentwaters at the time. He said that one December night, he and another member of the security team decided to have some fun. As a prank on Woodbridge security, they drove a patrol car into the woods. Moving slowly through the forest, Conde and his partner turned on their red and blue hood lights. From far away, the colors would be difficult to identify as police flashers, and through the darkness of the forests, might even look otherworldly. Conde's prank could have been to blame for the sightings of multi-hued lights. Between that and the other light sources, it's easy to dismiss most of the Rendlesham incident as a case of mistaken identity. That said, it still doesn't explain the so-called spacecraft that Penniston witnessed on the 26th. While we only have his account of the actual sighting, both he and Halt's teams revisited the spot where they said it had landed. And they both noticed three distinctive round holes on the ground that appeared to corroborate his story. They looked like prints left behind by a three-legged vessel. Charles Halt and Jim Penniston returned to Rendlesham Forest for a documentary in 2003, 23 years after the incident. The two veterans volunteered to lead the camera crew to the clearing where the three-legged craft had landed. They were shocked when they both headed towards different parts of the woods. For two decades, they had assumed they'd both investigated the same site. But now, it appeared they had not. Naturally, this raised some scrutiny around the legitimacy of their claims. Perhaps the spaceship landed twice, but more likely, the men mistook different sets of holes in the ground for the same prints. Ultimately, this is one explanation for the events in Rendlesham Forest in December 1980. 
a number of unrelated lights, from comets, a lighthouse, and a police car, created the illusion that a UFO landed on Earth. It was all a misunderstanding, a mistake. However, USAF servicemen are trained professionals. If only one person on one night claimed to have seen a UFO, this explanation would be an easier pill to swallow. But given the number of witnesses, it's unlikely that they all made the same casual errors. In addition, most of the men had worked at Woodbridge and Bentwaters for many months or longer. They knew the area well. It seems unlikely that they would raise a fuss over a lighthouse or a star. Not to mention, Conde conveniently never provided dates or time for his police car prank date, a story he revealed only two decades after the events. So it's impossible to corroborate if his alleged joyride aligned with the UFO sightings. Some have suggested that Conde tried to capitalize on the fame of what's been called Britain's Roswell. And even if the airmen were wrong about a UFO causing the lights, this doesn't explain the UK and US government's strange behavior in the wake of their testimony. Over the years, both Britain's Ministry of Defense and the Pentagon have done far more than dodge questions about Rendlesham, which has caused many to suspect a cover-up. Up next, evidence of altered testimony and intimidated witnesses. Harcasters, you know the world can be chaotic and unpredictable, but how far would you go to turn the tides of favor in your direction? In the newest Spotify original from Parcast, we're taking a closer look at bad omens, good luck charms, and age-old traditions that just might have the power to change our fates. Each episode of Superstitions presents a new drama that unpacks a different belief. Can holding your breath while passing a cemetery save your life? Will carrying a rabbit's foot bring you luck? How can you go through life always avoiding the number 13? And why should you try? They may seem mystical, unusual, completely illogical. But one thing is certain. You ignore them at your own risk. You can find and follow Superstitions free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To hear more ParCast shows, search ParCast Network in Spotify's search bar and find a growing slate of thrilling new series to enjoy. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, back to the story. The Rendlesham Forest incident has been called the best documented UFO encounter of all time. But aside from Lieutenant Colonel Halt's memo and an audio tape, the bulk of the evidence comes from eyewitness accounts. As any good lawyer will tell you, memories aren't facts. But many have wondered whether the U.S. and U.K. governments have silenced the truth about extraterrestrial activity on Earth with good reason. To separate truth from propaganda, 
Researchers, documentarians, and servicemen have examined the U.S. and U.K. Defense Department's behavior following the events of December 1980. They found some chilling evidence. At least two of the witnesses from the first night, Penniston and Cobbensog, have claimed that their sworn statements included in official government records were not actually their own. Apparently, they had written detailed accounts of the UFO sighting, but an unidentified government agent took their testimonies and replaced them with edited versions. These much shorter reports papered over certain specifics, which made it easier for others to discredit their stories. At least one of the men also stated that they were forced to sign the altered statements. Shortly after the UFO sightings, two aircrafts arrived in the Rendlesham area from Virginia and Germany. The German plane reportedly carried U.S. General Charles Gabriel, the commander of the Allied Air Forces in Europe. But the passengers aboard the Virginia craft remain unknown. Some claim the plane carried U.S. government agents tasked with investigating and covering up the Rendlesham incident. According to some accounts, several witnesses were allegedly taken into dark rooms and interrogated. There, agents are said to have used mind-control tactics to extract information using hypnosis and sodium pentothal, a compound that supposedly weakens certain brain functions. Some call it a truth serum, but in reality, sodium pentothal behaves like a sedative. In a relaxed state, patients are more likely to tell the truth, but those under its influence still have the ability to lie. Larry Warren was allegedly one of the men subjected to these interrogations. He was the security team member who claimed that he saw Colonel Gordon Williams greet a group of extraterrestrials. A 19-year-old Warren reported the events to his superiors. His statements eventually reached Colonel Williams himself, who called the young man's claims laughable. But according to Warren, the actions taken by the military proved otherwise. Warren, along with other witnesses, were allegedly brought to a secure site off base. There, government officials informed them that aliens were real and the government had known about their presence on Earth for decades. But everything needed to remain secret. The implication was, if the men talked, they might end up dead. The agents then forced the men to sign documents without allowing them to read what they were agreeing to. They were then sent back to the base knowing that if they talked, they would sound like lunatics. And UK and US military groups apparently used other methods beyond intimidating witnesses to cover up the Rendlesham incident. On the night that Penniston, Burroughs, and Cabinsag saw the lights in the forest, they claimed that the air traffic control at London's Heathrow Airport confirmed that something was flying overhead. Yet there is no historical record of this unidentified object. Some theorize that the Ministry of Defense called the radar centers and requisitioned all the logs from around Christmas time, 1980. That way, they could deny any claim of aircrafts flying above the base that night. Independent investigators also theorize that government forces edited out audio from Halt's tape. 
In his memo, Holt claimed that they observed the lights for hours, but the cassette itself is only 18 minutes. In addition, many believe the distorted photographs and the missing film camera footage that we discussed last week are further proof of a cover-up. They speculate that if developed, the pictures and video would contain irrefutable evidence of extraterrestrials on Earth. Perhaps even more than John Burroughs and Jim Penniston's health problems. For years after their encounter with the UFO, Burroughs and Penniston both claimed to experience symptoms of PTSD and unexplainable illnesses. Burroughs suffered heart complications and eventually needed to get a pacemaker surgically implanted. Within a year of the UFO encounter, Jim Penniston sent in a request for financial assistance from the Office of Veterans Affairs to pay for his medical bills. But he was denied because, according to them, nothing happened to him at Rendlesham. In 2012, Burroughs' doctor couldn't explain why he was so sick. When they tried to request Burroughs' medical information from the military, nobody could locate them. According to the VA, his medical history was mysteriously absent from 1979 to 1982. In fact, there was no record of him being in the Air Force at that time. Frustrated, Burroughs showed the Veterans Affair officer his enlistment papers, which clearly stated he was in the Air Force then. The officer paused. She said, then your records are probably classified. This further seemed to support the idea of a government cover-up. Government conspiracies are always seductive to the imagination. Blockbuster movies like Independence Day or best-selling novels like Axiom's End feature the government having a secret branch that carefully studies aliens. But familiar fiction parallels don't change the fact that the evidence for a cover-up at Rendlesham is thin. The most compelling evidence that exists are the cloudy photos that some have claimed were tampered with and the levels of radiation present in Rendlesham Forest at the time of the incident. But analysis has since revealed that the radiation levels at the site were comparatively normal for the area. As for the photos, experts believe that the damage is more likely to have been caused by light filtering into a dark room than some secretive government branch switching the reels. This only leaves the mysterious absence of the film footage allegedly taken December 28th, which we spoke about in our previous episode. But its very existence is highly speculative and reliant solely upon witness testimony. And though Larry Warren was definitely in the forest the night he claimed to be, his eyewitness account differs sharply from others. Moreover, People who have interviewed him have claimed that his story has changed dramatically over the years. He's an unreliable narrator at best. If you want a sense of this in real time, Warren spoke in the Sci-Fi Channel's documentary, UFO Invasion at Rendlesham. He also made another television appearance on The Alien Files in 2012. In the first interview, he claimed he saw extraterrestrials speaking to Colonel Williams and was later interrogated at a government black site. 
A decade later, he claimed that Lieutenant Colonel Halt was the one talking to aliens. Over the years, Warren gained such a reputation for stretching the truth that it even lost him a publishing deal. In 1997, Warren co-wrote and published a book about the Rendlesham incident called Left at Eastgate. In 2017, one of the book's publishers, Cosimo, dropped it from print. They stated, Recently, it has been brought to our attention that some of the experiences described in this book may be inaccurate or embellished. Given the inconsistencies in his story and Warren's reputation, his testimony needs to be taken with a grain of salt. And while Warren had no hand in classifying Burroughs and Peniston's medical records, there's reason to believe that it had nothing to do with UFOs or aliens. Tragically, the United States military has a checkered past regarding its treatment of veterans. In 2014, around the time that Peniston and Burroughs requested their medical files, the Department of Veterans Affairs became embroiled in a scandal involving negligence, impossible wait lists, and preventable deaths. The difficulty they had in obtaining their medical records might have been a symptom of a larger problem. One that's as disturbing as a government cover-up of aliens, but has nothing to do with the events at Rendlesham in 1980. The government could have made the information classified because of another secret the military was keeping. It wasn't public knowledge at the time, but we've since learned that in the 1980s, the twin bases were reportedly home to nuclear weapons. Fear of a global nuclear war was still frighteningly present in the 80s. The government might have redacted certain reports to prevent Soviet spies from gaining intel about the missiles. Precedent certainly existed for such actions being taken in the name of international security. So maybe the cover-up had more to do with the Cold War than an intergalactic one. But Jim Peniston has since proposed another option. In the years after the incident, he experienced horrible recurring nightmares. To rid himself of the inexplicable terrors, his therapist suggested a radical technique, hypnosis. And the results suggested an even larger conspiracy than alien life forms visiting Earth. Up next, we delve into the astonishing statements that Peniston's subconscious revealed. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And now, back to the story. Sergeant Jim Peniston was one of three men who investigated mysterious lights in Rendlesham Forest on the morning of December 26, 1980. Though skeptics questioned what he saw and believers insisted the government was hiding the truth, Peniston himself remained tight-lipped. Along with John Burroughs and Ed Cobbinsog, 
Peniston only reported seeing strange lights to his superiors. He never went so far as to suggest aliens. But after leaving the military in 1994, he gave an account that suggested he had left many details out. According to Peniston, he saw some sort of black, triangular craft land in the woods. While examining blue, glowing hieroglyphs on its sides, a blinding light blasted him backward and seared a sequence of ones and zeros into his mind. Peniston worried that if he told the truth of what he saw in the woods, it might ruin his military career. So he kept his mouth shut. When he returned to his room that night, Peniston wrote the numbers down. Upon putting the ones and zeros into his notebook, Peniston almost immediately forgot the sequence. It was like it passed from his consciousness onto the page, leaving nothing behind. Peniston stayed in the Air Force for another 13 years, never telling anyone about the ship he saw in the woods. But that didn't stop his subconscious from tormenting him. After years of nightmares, Peniston brought his dreams to a therapist. She suggested that he undergo hypnosis to calm his mind. One day after agreeing, she put Peniston in a trance. They then had a conversation that she captured on camera. When Peniston came to, he didn't remember anything he had said. So the therapist showed him the tape. In the recording, Peniston is sitting on a couch with his eyes closed. His voice is barely audible as he mumbles his answers. His therapist asks him, why can't you tell the truth? He responded, I was told not to tell the truth. Peniston then tells his therapist that two men interrogated him. He points to a spot on his arm and tells her that they gave him a shot of something. Pressing further, his therapist asks more about the alien craft. She wonders whether he had any sense that it came from another planet. Peniston said no. Knowing that he could be misinterpreting the question, she rephrases the question. She asks if the machine could have come from Mars. He responds again, no, it's us. Peniston was shocked by the interview. He could barely believe that it was himself on the tapes. But after the session, his nightmares stopped. Whatever had been bothering him was seemingly put to rest. As for what it all meant, Peniston arrived at his conclusion. He believed the phenomena at Rendlesham wasn't caused by aliens, but by time-traveling humans from the future. At first glance, this hypothesis doesn't seem supported by tangible evidence. But in the 2010s, Peniston looked into the ones and zeros he wrote in his notebook. Peniston's friend identified the ones and zeros as binary code, the language of computers. He then had a computer expert translate the text. The alleged result was a few simple phrases. Exploration of humanity. Continuous for planetary advance. Eyes of your eyes. And most unsettlingly, origin year 8100. The rest of the binary translated to numbers corresponding with longitude and latitude coordinates. These appeared to match locations like the Egyptian pyramids, the Temple of Apollo in Greece, and the Nazca Lines in Peru. 
They even pointed to an area off the west coast of Ireland, which has no landmass at all. However, according to both old maps and legend, this was the supposed location of the mythical island of High Brazil, which some have called the Celtic Atlantis. The coordinates implied a fascinating possibility. Humans from the year 8100 traveled or will travel back to these locations. It's certainly a compelling idea. It portrays a future version of humanity with the ability to directly influence its past. And though it's an appealing notion, it has a few inconsistencies. Setting aside whether traveling in the past can actually be accomplished, the biggest issue for this theory is the fact that it comes from only one eyewitness. Though he's much more reliable and consistent than Larry Warren, Penniston's story has changed over the years, as has his reason for amending it. In some interviews, he stated that he voluntarily self-censored his initial report so he wouldn't sound like a maniac. Other times, he has claimed that the higher-ups in the Air Force silenced elements of his story. And he told both of these contradicting narratives after his recorded hypnosis session. To give him the benefit of the doubt, both can technically be true. Perhaps the military silenced him initially, and then he continued the lie to protect his career. But we have no definitive way of knowing. And Penniston also changed his description of the machine he witnessed in Rendlesham Forest at least once. At first, he said it was a large black block. Later, he referred to it as a triangular vehicle. Where this theory loses me is with the time traveler's coordinates. It's almost a cliché for UFO theories to bring up the pyramids or the Nazca Lines. They might as well link it to Stonehenge and the Easter Island heads to check all the boxes. As for High Brazil, it's more likely that the coordinates pointed to a spot in the ocean, and theorists tried to make it fit the pattern of the other locations. Besides, Rendlesham Forest is not among the sites listed in the binary code. If the numerals did come from time travelers, they don't seem to be spelling out a travelogue. We also don't have actual proof that Penniston's code was given to him in 1980. Sure, there have been photos of Penniston's journal pages on various UFO television programs, but there's no indication of whether these are his originals or not. It's possible an alien device gave the binary to him, or he retroactively made them up to corroborate his claims. And finally, we run into an issue proving whether Penniston's recovered memories were real. As a science, hypnosis is not entirely understood. Though it can allow patients to access repressed memories, it can also create false recollections or bring up unrelated subconscious content. According to leading scientists, in psychotherapy, it's more effective to treat symptoms with medication. It's just as possible that Penniston's claims of being injected, as well as his time-traveler theory, were his subconscious recalling the plot of a movie. Perhaps these false memories were a combination of what he'd heard about the landing, what he'd tried to figure out, and what Hollywood told him about aliens. With all that said, 
we have three possible explanations for what happened in Rendlesham Forest. First, that the UFO sighting was a combination of meteorological phenomena and man-made lights. The second, that there were aliens at Rendlesham, but the US and UK governments covered it up. And third, that the mysterious ship was a time travel machine from the year 8100. Unfortunately, the most likely answer is that all of the witnesses on the night saw unrelated lights and strung them together into a single narrative. But as the records show, many things could explain what the witnesses saw. Blinding stars, meteors, a bright lighthouse beacon, and even a police car driven by pranksters. Still, there seems to be a piece of the puzzle missing. The one thing we can't explain is why at least nine trained soldiers would mistake common light sources for aliens. Rendlesham has quickly become something of a modern myth, and its lore is ever-evolving. This makes it much harder to separate fact from fiction. Like Roswell before it, what started as some confusing accounts has built on itself, creating a series of self-perpetuating stories. The kernel of truth behind all of this is Holt's tape and memo, which are records of one eyewitness's account. The Rendlesham Forest incident is what some have called the best documented UFO sighting in history. But evidence contends that no aliens came to Rendlesham in 1980. Still, that doesn't mean that extraterrestrial beings haven't made contact. In fact, the Pentagon released official videos of UFOs in 2020. The footage, which they had recorded in 2015, consists of U.S. Navy witnesses watching distant objects fly against powerful winds. Were they alien spaceships? We don't know. But we could be closer than ever to discovering if there really is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. In any case, it would be nice to know that humanity isn't merely stumbling through the dark woods, jumping at every unexplained noise. That definitive proof still eludes us, like a bright light in the distance. Maybe someday soon, we'll finally figure out its source. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back on Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on one of the most well-documented UFO sightings in history, amongst the many sources we used, we found the Sci-Fi Channel documentary UFO Invasion at Rendlesham extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Mike Ramos, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Matthew Teamstra, with writing assistance by Connor Sampson, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. 
hang a horseshoe above your door, keep a rabbit's foot in your pocket, and follow Superstitions free on Spotify. Listen every Wednesday for the surprising backstories to our most curious beliefs and thrilling tales that illuminate the mystical eeriness of our favorite superstitions. 